God doesn't call us to be comfortable. I mean, that's not really what he called us to do. And I'm like, God, this is just, this is not me. And he's like, you know what? I can do extraordinary things through ordinary people who obey me. And if you can walk in obedience in something that's terribly uncomfortable, then let me take it from there. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about calling. What if it's something you never wanted to do? We'll also be talking about how sharing our gifts and our story doesn't always have to be about ego. Our guest today is an actress and singer best known for being the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. She rocketed to fame, but it wasn't a job she wanted. She preferred being behind the scenes. And then she got offered a book deal, which again, she wasn't sure she wanted. She didn't really want to be talking about herself, drawing attention to herself, so she resisted until her publisher asked her a question that changed her whole perspective. As I was starting out as a writer, I found this whole idea of self-promotion and talking about myself so confusing. How did it all square with being about others? It seemed to me to be all just an act of ego. Then I read a book about writing called If You Want to Write by Brenda Euland. She wrote this, quote, If you read the letters of the painter Van Gogh, you will see what his creative impulse was. It was just this. He loved something, the sky, say. He loved human beings. He wanted to show human beings how beautiful the sky was. So he painted it for them, and that was all there was to it. When Van Gogh was a young man in his early 20s, he was in London studying to be a clergyman. He had no thought of being an artist at all. He sat in his cheap little room writing a letter to his younger brother in Holland, whom he loved very much. He looked out of his window at a watery twilight, a thin lamppost, a star, and he said something in his letter like this. It's so beautiful, I must show you how it looks. And then, on his cheap ruled notepaper, he made the most beautiful, tender little drawing of it. End quote. Art as a generosity. Art as love and passion about something that you just can't keep to yourself. Art is about seeing beauty and wanting to share it with others. Art even as a selfless act of service. I love this quote from Gustafsson Wingren. Quote, God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbor does, end quote. That could very well sum up the journey Jodie has taken as she has navigated the tricky world of fame and success and writing books and self-promotion. I was so inspired hearing from her. She's humble, honest, self-effacing, and courageous. She shares honestly about her struggles and failures and offers hope to us all, because that's exactly where God has shown up in her life, 
in her struggles and in her failures. So, without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Jodie Benson. Hey, my name is Jody Benson. I'm the original singing and speaking voice of Ariel, the Little Mermaid for the Walt Disney Company. I grew up in a, a town outside of Chicago called Rockford, Illinois, and just a really simple kind of quiet life. It was great. I always had the passion and love for music and for singing and playing my guitar and singing at church and doing projects and things at school and stuff like that. So I I really did have some some sweet times there at the beginning living in Illinois. I started in the business professionally when I was 18 in Nashville. And I think at that point, you know, who I was and my faith walk, which was growing at that time as a new believer, was just common knowledge. It wasn't ever hidden. I I was able to be myself freely. And my agents in New York and LA, they were just great and supportive and they just knew, you know, here's Jody, and she has her strong convictions in certain areas, things I can do, things I can't do, and it never posed a problem. And so it's been, it's been incredible, the fact that I have total freedom to be able to, uh, to just be myself, loving other people well, and being light and salt, and um, using every opportunity that God gives me and every platform opportunity that he gives me to the best of my ability. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a huge blessing. Ariel, the little mermaid. Well, it, it definitely changed my world completely because, uh, when I did the film, it was to just remain pretty silent about who the voices were and what characters they played, sort of like we did with our original Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella. The only way you would know is watching the credits fly by and you might be able to put together who's who. So I just thought, okay, well, I did this. This was great. It was a really fun experience. I'd never been uh, behind a microphone before. This was fun. And I'll just go back to New York and do my eight shows a week and all is well. So it really wasn't until they had done all the media and the, you know, with the reviewers, as far as all the screenings go, that I got that call at the end of September, beginning of October, we'd like to send you a press tour and do 22 cities in 20 days. And I'm like, why? I mean, like, why would you do that? I mean, we're just going to disappear. I mean, because Walt's vision was you should never be thinking about who's behind the microphone. You should be so, so involved in the story that you're not going to stop and say, oh, whose voice is that? And that sounds recognizable because that's a distraction to the film. So I did. I went on press tour and that's when everything changed. As soon as the film came out, I had a voiceover agent and I was just given jobs. I was given Thumbelina. I was given Barbie and Toy Story 2 and 3. I did not audition for any of those projects. And it was just like this crazy, I don't know what happened. It just kind of exploded. And it took me by surprise because I was doing, I was living in New York, you know, and eight shows a week. And that was really my passion. But then as it came to be, it just felt like it was the time to relocate out to LA and switch over full time to voiceover because we wanted to start a family and I did not want to do eight shows a week, you know, having, having children. I just, 
Uh, for me, I, I knew that was going to be very taxing and I really wanted to be all in as a parent and wanted to have, you know, that quality time of, of being with our kids. So uh, voiceover world just really blended well with my family world together. So yeah, big transitions. I never wanted to write a book and never wanted an autobiography or memoir. That's just not me. I'm most comfortable behind the scenes, kind of building and encouraging other people. That's sort of my spiritual gift. So focusing on myself and self-promotion is not my, not my thing. So I, my husband had been talking probably for 10 years, you know, honey, I think, I think you have a book. I think you have a book. I think there's something you can share. I think there's something that could really be powerful for a reader. I'm like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. I said, God will have to pick up the phone and call me for me to even discuss this. My publisher called and said, we would like you to write a book. And I said, no, mm -mm, thank you. And uh, they called back in March. And again, it was 2020. So I'm like, I'm absolutely not doing a book during the pandemic. That's, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, everybody and their brother's writing a book right now of a memoir and their autobiography. And let me just share my life with you. And I'm like, oh gosh, no, that's just so not me. Way out of my comfort zone. No, thank you. And then she called back a third time and she said, well, what if I were to tell you that if one person read your book and was encouraged as they're going from point A to point C and they could avoid the trauma and the darkness of point B by reading a story in your, in your book, would you write it? And I went, okay, I feel like that's God saying that to me. And then it was my brother who is a professional author. He's actually my stepbrother, but we're super, super close, who is um, an agnostic. And he said the same thing to me. And I thought, God can speak through anybody, but he spoke through a publisher, and then he spoke through a non-believer <laughs> to say the same thing to me. If there's one person <laughs> that could read this story and be encouraged, would you do it? And, and I said, yes. So that was a year. I worked on it for a year, and I didn't tell anybody. Only my immediate family knew because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I just felt like it was so self-absorbed. Look at me in the pandemic and lockdown writing about myself. It just really felt uncomfortable for me. So I don't really even call it a book. I just kind of call it a gathering of like 24 little vignette stories of when I've blown it and made a ton of mistakes and where God has shown up. And it's also a big thank you letter to a lot of people along my journey. So once I flipped the script on it and could focus on other people, then I was more comfortable with it. It can be scary, you know, to go outside. But God doesn't call us to be comfortable. I mean, that's not really what he called us to do. You definitely have to step out. Well, this book, this is way out of my comfort zone. Way, way out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, God, this is just, this is not me. And he's like, you know what? I can do extraordinary things through ordinary people who obey me. And if you can walk in obedience in something that's terribly uncomfortable, then let me take it from there. All the mistakes I made, made a ton of them, big ones too. But if I could help somebody maybe avoid some of that pain, you know, that's definitely worth it to me. And I, and I know that lines up with scripture too, because the tough things that we go through, God turns around and he takes that 
and we can comfort others with the same comfort that he gave us, that's when beauty comes from the ashes and it's worth it, you know? The pain, the suffering, the sadness, the tears, the frustration, whatever it may be, all the mess is worth it. Because then you kind of go, you know what? I would walk through that journey again. As painful as that was, I would go through that again if that means I can turn around and offer a word of encouragement or comfort to somebody else who's right behind me, you know? Jesus knew that God would always love and watch over the world he had made. Everything in it. Birds, flowers, trees, animals, everything. And most of all, his children. Even though people had forgotten, the birds and the flowers hadn't forgotten. They still knew their song. It was the song all of God's creation had sung to him from the very beginning. It was the song people's hearts were made to sing. God made us. He loves us. He is very pleased with us. It was why Jesus had come into the world to sing them that wonderful song, to sing it not only with his voice, but with his whole life so that God's children could remember it and join in and sing it too. You know, as a believer, the, the word is important every day, you know, for, for our family. And that's, that's our life source <laughs> to get the day going and uh, to be able to be salt and light and be able to join him in his work, whatever the day may hold. Uh, for our kids, sometimes he's like, you know, you're not going to like this, but I'm calling you to do it and you're going to do it with a happy heart. And then we're going to go from there. God called me to do something out of my comfort zone. And I haven't done that in a really long time. And uh, it's very frightening, very, very frightening and very scary. But uh, there is a sense of indescribable peace knowing that I did what he asked me to do, even though I didn't want to then I get to step back and let God do what he's going to do, whatever he's going to do. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at jesus underscore storybook underscore bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.